What's up, everybody? Episode 176. We got the boys here, minus Nick Carl. He is running around scrambling at Olympus Disc Golf Course because... <laughs> Because it's raining and they have a big event coming up or something, you what? know, like it's, it's something going on. He's not able to make it tonight. How are you guys doing? Josh, you're here, Evan and Ben. And i um, trying to think how to pose it to you guys. You're all just hanging out. And it's it's like average winter, maybe a little warm. You guys getting outside or staying inside mainly? Well, yeah, we're New England, so it's cold, but it doesn't feel unusual. Um, I actually played hooky from work uh, for half a day today and... Hit the slopes with my kids and wife for a few hours. I got like seven runs in, so nothing big, but it was a nice New England day. A little awesome. time on the snow. Where'd you ski, Josh? Pat's Peak. We've got Let's season go. passes there. Uh, Pat's Peak's wonderful. I also went skiing, although not playing hooky. I uh, I was at work today uh, in this very seat, uh, but I went to uh, Magic Mountain, which is uh, a very cool mountain, but the name is super cheesy and I love it's, it. It's, it's got uh, is it uh, wizards yeah. and magic names everywhere. It's like, it's honestly, it's like you're at a Harry Potter world, but you're skiing a, a uh, kind of like a hardcore type of mountain. I, I don't want to say hardcore, like I'm skiing off cliffs or anything. It's very much, you know, groom, well, I shouldn't say groom trails. There's only a few uh, with the conditions, but like a two person lift old school, kind of going slow up the hill. That's the only one that brings you to the summit. Uh, you know, it's not your uh, cushy kind of, uh, uh, maybe Vail or Icon Pass type ski resort, but a ton of fun. And and you mentioned cold, Josh. It was beautiful this weekend in New England. It was like high 30s and sunny, which for February, I think is pretty awesome. I enjoyed it. Beautiful. And uh, Ben, the expo's over. We've already yes. talked about it a lot. What yeah. are you doing? Vacationing in Bermuda during the week and flying so back? So I haven't stopped working for the past two weeks because right after the disc golf expo, my dad's fishing expo was the next weekend. And someone has to watch our tackle store, which was me. So right after the disc golf expo, went straight to working all, all week at the tackle store. And then we went and vended at my father's fishing expo, which was... A great success all around, great time, and yeah, hoping to get the Disc Golf Expo up to that level of attendees one day. Awesome. I don't know why, but I was hearing some weird buzzing. Were you hearing that? Correct. Wow. Over here. Did you hear it, guys, on the other end? No. No. I also wanted to mention, I also went snowboarding when I was 21. Oh, okay. (laughs) On my birthday. So that was four years ago. Last time I went. There you go. It was in New Hampshire, Loon Mountain. There you go. Nice. If that buzz can be fixed, I'm happy about it, but it's only when you talk, I think. Hello? Something weird, man. Maybe it was your phone. It's. I don't know if we'd get through the show. It's like that speech jammer, you know, when you're talking. Yeah. Like, wow. Well, let us know in the chat if it's bothering you. I don't even hear it. I think Evan's good, so we'll. Uh... You think we're going crazy though, but it's we can't talk because no. I believe you. I just okay. don't know if it's a problem with them. <laughs> we'll just Evan and I can handle most of the show. Yeah, so. that's true. Okay, here we go. Disc golf nine seven eight. Uh, presenting sponsor of episode one hundred seventy six and our friends. Uh, if you use the code we love nine seven eight, you get. Uh, percent off but more importantly you let them know that you're supporting us and them they have what's called an amateur payout program and you've probably heard about this type of thing from other you know pro shops and retail stores but by far this is the best experience that i've ever ever had at a tournament is the way that they do their amateur payouts I'm classified as a pro uh, incorrectly let's say (laughs) but amateur payouts to me 
I don't want just some random funny money somewhere else. I always wanted to go to 978. And what they do is set it up so easily for people to run tournaments. You send them your PDGA report, like at the conclusion of the event, you hit finalize. If you send that that CSV file, that Excel file to 978, they take care of all of your payouts. And they do that at a 25% discount to you as the tournament director. That helps you put more back into the event. Um, they also do a pick your own player pack credits, 25% off to these TDs. I can't tell you how much I appreciate this showing up as an amateur to a disc golf tournament and being able to choose what I want to do with that, that uh, money for the players pack. They'll be like, Hey, you've got 20 bucks or you've got 25 or you've got 40 bucks, whatever it is. I go, I get to choose it. Yeah, you do through anything that's on their store. It's amazing. And in fact, I was even able to bank that into my profile account on their, their page. And eventually, after I played enough events through them, I was able to save up and buy one of the nicest baskets you can get. It might have cost like 500 bucks, but I did that all with funny money. And I recommend that every single tournament and TD considers using this. They make it super easy. Your players will be happy. And think of this. Even if you're remote, like a different location than where 978 is, they do free shipping on anything over $25. And so any payouts that they are awarded, they can just go there and buy them at 978 and it's free shipping. So not even wasting money there. So this is good for everybody. Um, I, ben, you said you had a great experience with this as well. Do you, do you love the payouts this way? Yeah. Um, 978 payouts are legit because as it am, it's a lot and it's so easy and it goes straight to the account. Like Matt was saying, I don't even think I've used my funny money in store maybe a few times, but I just use it online. I just say, Oh, I want to, I need a basket or a couple putters and boom, it's at my door the next day. It's honestly the best experience I've had in tournaments. It's just, I look forward to I actually compete for nine, seven, eight money. It's like crazy. <laughs> it's but since I'm an am, I'm like, listen, like I could get like 130 bucks and, and that's like, well, you get if you come in first in a large enough field, like the AM money is crazy from 978. So it's an awesome time. And I just love that every event, and I love to just play pretty much only their events. It just is what it is. And it's because I get the payouts this way. Any win, any win I get, or not win, <laughs> that was a Freudian. <laughs> any, any time I place and get amateur payout, it just keeps compounding and compounding until eventually I have lots of money to pay out. You're so rich. I'm rich. You're when disc you, golf when, rich. When you go with 978, you're rich. Um, but no, seriously, TDs, reach out to them. Um, Scott at discgolf978, I'm assuming, is one way you could do that. Uh, you can probably contact them through your website as well. But we love 978. Use that code and support them, us at the same time. All right. Matt, they make it, they make it so easy that I saw at the expo, your son walk up with a disc in his mm. hand and be like, yeah, my dad's got credits on file. Just use those. Oh, so it's true. It nice and easy. It's true. <laughs> and I, so I have both of my kids, their credits for AM payouts also go to the same account. So we're just banking, living rich disc golf lives. Yes, it's true. All right. I'm really excited about them over there. I could keep talking and talking, but you just need to experience it for yourself. Evan, go ahead and tell us what's going on in the disc golf world. PDGA Statmando. Uh, we're excited to hear. There's a lot going on. Let us know. Yes, there certainly was. Um, 
I there was a couple good A tiers, and then there was a uh, I shouldn't say a couple. There's a lot of good other events, but I'll uh, I'll uh, make note of a couple. Uh, but starting off the A tiers, we'll go down to Florida, we'll, uh, where Nick is, but busy at work. A different part of the state in Tallahassee. There was the 19th Open at Tallahassee. Stacy Kiefer uh, wins an FPO. She beats Sarah Hokum in a playoff. Uh, this event's probably notable to her because she won it in 2022 when it was a Disc Golf Pro Tour silver event, although with a different last name. Uh, she was recently last year. I don't know. Exactly Remember, it was married. Hass. Her last name Hass in Tallahassee. It was like yep. meant to be. It certainly oh, uh, fit well. All right. So it is her second time is. winning this event <laughs> uh, and the other being a 2022. Uh, she had a 968 event rating, which is unofficial uh, until the, oh, I should know this, the first or second Tuesday of every month. Um, so it is unofficial as of now. The last time she played and won the Open of Tallahassee was a 967 event rating. So she even beat uh, her record based on purely event rating. Uh, she beat Sarah Hokum in a playoff who was looking to extend her streak of eight-tier wins uh, in a calendar year. She's done that every single year since 2010, although last year was the first year in that streak. She did not do it in FPO. She only got a FP40 eight-tier win. Uh, she was leading after round one, uh, looking to make it 15 consecutive years with an eight-tier win. She'll have to wait for another eight-tier event uh, to continue on that streak. Uh, MPO unfortunately had its final round either canceled, suspended. I'm not sure the exact term to use here, uh, but it means there is co-champions. Ezra Robinson and Nathan Queen are your co-winners. Uh, Ezra Robinson has now won three straight A-tiers uh, for himself, and that dates to uh, another Disc Golf Pro Tour Silver event. Uh, that was the AFDO event out in Rochester, New York, and then he won one since before winning this one. Nathan Queen, on the other hand, wins his first A-tier since 2018. Uh, at the uh, Pittsburgh Flying Disc Open. I'm probably not getting the exact name right, but that event that people know of. Uh, this one had a really great field, by the way. Uh, players such as Albert Tom, Robert Burge, Silas Schultz, Chandler Kramer, uh, who we might be talking about later, Luke Sampson, Casey White from Massachusetts is starting his season down in Florida, Connor O'Reilly, David Wiggins Jr., AJ Carey and Deanne Carey, Holly Finley, Maria Oliva, the Lins Twins, and then Leah Sinaginni, who shot, I'm, I'm calling this a perfect round, although people might disagree with my word of perfect. Uh, she shot all pars, um, a perfect even round. Uh, no birdies, no eagles, no bogeys, no double bogeys or worse. Uh, all pars, uh, which was a 957 unofficial event rating. Uh, next up, let's bring it to the, uh, the, is this the tour down under, uh, it's New Zealand, Australia. I'm, I'm not sure which one's down under, maybe it's both. Uh, the interesting part about this event is it's still ongoing. Uh, it's running from Saturday to Tuesday. Uh, and we talked to Juliana Corver, who's down in New Zealand last week. Uh, and it was what, like 1 PM, 2 PM their time right now, as we're recording on Monday night. Uh, they're in Tuesday afternoon. So uh, FPO has already finished, but MPO, at least the lead card, has yet to tee off. Uh, so Juliana Corver wins an FPO beating Zoe Andyke. That's PDGA win number 251 for Juliana Corver. Of course, number 250 was last week, and that's why we brought her on. Uh, Zoe Andyke also has never beaten Juliana Corver in an event. She was leading after round one, looking to get that first win against Corver. Uh, Zoe being um, breaking onto the scene in kind of the mid to late 2010s, kind of when Juliana Corver was taking that off time uh, before she has returned kind of in these 2020s era. 
Uh, like I said, MPO is about to tee off or soon. Uh, Corey Ellis leads with 25 under with Luke Humphreys at 18 under. And then third place is a bit back at seven down with Dylan Feldman of Australia. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going on. I'm good to keep on going. Yep. But if you guys have any comments on these events, definitely want to hear them. It doesn't need no. to be me talking for 15 minutes <laughs> while, straight. While you're talking, what you don't know is the green screen's falling on intern Ben. No, I almost want to see that, but keep filling the air. Albert Tom was on a streak in Florida before that, right? Oh, that's right. I should have, uh, I should have brought that up because I think he was a hundred percent win, win rate in Florida. He also won that, that disc golf pro tour silver event at the open at Tallahassee back when Stacy Haas won it. Although he does not also win it when Stacy Kiefer wins it. Uh, he finished in fourth place. So near the top. Didn't get the win. I think he has a, an event or two more in Florida before uh, hitting the chess.com invitational. Oh, wow. Uh, and I'm certainly, I'm, I'm going to guess that uh, all those players that I name or most of those players that I name will probably stick around Florida for a couple more weeks, play some of those uh, A and B tiers uh, until chess.com uh, starts off the uh, disc golf pro tour season. Uh, I'll move it next to, let's go to California, uh, to La Mirada, which was the host of the first ever uh, PDGA national tour event. Uh, that was the Golden State Classic. This is the La Mirada Open. I would assume those are different events, but there was one year that it was the La Mirada Golden State Open, something like that. Uh, Parker Welk and Owen Scoggins win. Uh, Parker Welk, who has got a couple uh, wins this you know offseason, if you call it, or during the winter between uh, pro tour seasons. Uh, he, has, he had back-to-back top fives at uh, La Mirada, uh, but this is his first win there. Uh, he's now up to eight PDGA MPO wins. Uh, and four of those being since his kind of uh, surprising, maybe, I don't know if that's the right word, uh, for his DDO win. He only had three before that. So he has now won more events since he's won that uh, that shocking elite event since before. Uh, Owen Scoggins, uh, on the other hand, has won lots of pro events. Uh, she has now won back to back to back at La Mirada. Uh, not, uh, not a new face at the top of the leaderboard there. Then... I'm going to swing it all the way over to Thailand. Uh, we had the Samui Swine Classic 11. Uh, Shasta Chris wins an MPO, but the notable part to me, uh, that or at least that I want to mention, I think, um, notable to a lot of people, is Terry, the disc golf guy Miller, uh, made an appearance in MP40. Uh, he's playing his second ever PDG event in Thailand as a competitor. Of course, he goes there pretty often to uh, film rounds. And if correct me if I'm wrong, this might be the course that he purchased, correct. or at least the property. Thank you, Ben, for uh, for being the course stack guy for me here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Terry Miller shot a 975 rated round. Of course, that's still unofficial in round two. Uh, Statmando shared a stat about that, uh, talking about it and making note of Terry. Uh, someone s- thought that was secretly Terry. And the funny thing is, Terry commented saying he wouldn't he wouldn't share a 975 rated round about himself. It's not notable. Uh, and that's true because it would be his 311th. 975 or better rated round wow. if it uh, stays at that when he's official. That's that's a lot of rounds. I have certainly not played that many PDGA rounds. I I have played that many disc golf rounds in general, uh, but have yet to have a round as good as 975 rated. Uh, so I don't know about y'all, Ben. You probably you probably have a couple, Matt. Maybe yes, Josh. I, I don't know. Couple, two, three, couple. Couple, not 311 though. I'll tell you that. No. So, uh, congrats to Terry. Although in round three, it wasn't as nice. Terry's, uh, entering in more of my level, uh, shooting an 889 rated <clears throat> round three. Uh, sorry about that, Terry, that I'm mentioning that. 
but yeah, I'll but, love and yeah, enjoy your he, vacation. But he to owns a disc golf course in Thailand, so he's winning. <laughs> yeah, he certainly is. Uh, and then let's uh, let's wrap up uh, as the finale event in my recap with the NADGT finale. Uh, this was in Jacksonville, Florida, uh, and I think it's now or not now. I think we're learning now that it's a Lizra Midling. We'll uh, find out maybe the exact pronunciation later. She wins an FPO by a single stroke. Uh, it's her fourteenth FPO event. This this being a you know the National Amateur Disc Golf Tour, but for the finale, uh, the is the option for two pro divisions, MPO and FPO. Uh, and so players uh, playing amateur normally might jump up and play their first or a uh, a pro event and and maybe finally accept cash. So Eliezer Midling, uh, it's her 14th FPO event. She now has five FPO wins. Uh, She's only been playing PDGA events since March of 2022. We'll uh, certainly learn more about that shortly. Uh, Her event rating for that first event in FA2 was 738. Um, compare that to when she played throw pink women's disc golf, uh, championship just last October, finishing in 10th place, uh, with the best players in her sport. Uh, she averaged a 969 event rating. Uh, that's quite the improvement in, uh, less than two years. She still hasn't even hit that two year mark of playing PDG events, uh, yet her game looks phenomenal and we're excited to see her this season and excited to hear more from her uh, in MPO Corbin Michelski, if I'm pronouncing that right, wins an MPO by five strokes. He's from Norman, Oklahoma. Uh, he has quite the track record. He won the 2023 NEDGT national championships last fall. Uh, that is kind of the, the end of the year event with this then being the finale uh, where you jump up to pro to try to win some cash. Uh, he also finished fourth at 2023 PDGA Amateur Worlds and MA1. He finished fourth at 2022 NEDGT National Championships. Uh, and then he's only played one uh, open major or elite event, and that was 2023 Waco, where uh, he finished 112th. So he's certainly looking to improve on that, uh, getting some phenomenal finishes at the amateur and now newly MPO ranks. That does it for me. Uh, so, uh, off to you guys or uh, any, any uh, thoughts on that? No, that's awesome. Uh, it's fun for us because we get to see a little bit into the green room perspective of Ellie as you talk about her. And when you mentioned that one low rating, she's like, no hands in her face, you know, like, so, but this is awesome. It's about improvement. It was our first event ever. I can't see her in the green room right now. No, you but, can't. <laughs> yeah. So. Perfect. Well, let's go ahead. Uh, I think there's no more delay. The chat's excited. We've got people in there eager to hear this. We're excited. I'm super pumped up. Uh, let's go ahead and welcome to the show, Elisra Mitling. I think that I got it correct. We'll ask her about that. But is that correct? Did I get it right, Elisra? Yes. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining the show. Um, I started out with the name thing because you're so new to the scene for a lot of the pro scene that we'll hear uh, commentators and media people alike try to get your name and they do it phonetically what they're reading. And then on your Instagram, everybody heard you say something different than they were used to. And there's no way that Ellie gets it wrong. So uh, we're glad to have you on here. Um, Can you kind of break it down for everybody just real quick, your name? What's the emphasis and how is it said? It's Ali Ezra Mitling. It's, Eli and Ezra put together. So it's Ali Ezra. Okay. Ali Ezra. 
<laughs> we'll yeah. we'll give it our best go, and I appreciate that. We're it, names are a funny thing, right? It, names for the individual. It's it is what it is. People that know you, and then we get to meet you, and we want to do you the respect of getting it correct. So congratulations on this National Amateur Disc Golf Tour win. Um, like really, congratulations. That's a big deal. Uh, besides your FJ18 win last year in at Junior Worlds. Uh, that was a major. Where does this win stack up for you? Oh, it's in the top. It was it was a battle. So really in the top, probably I put it in second. Junior Worlds was really cool. So <laughs> awesome. This is my first. Awesome. Yeah. So break it down for us a little bit because people that observe live scoring or you know PDGA how it's playing out as best as we could. We see your rating and how it might stack up against the rest of the field. And quite frankly, it looks like at about hole six of round four, you might have lost the lead. Um, but go ahead and walk us through. How did the tournament play out? And then ultimately you got the win. But how did you get to that win? Oh, wow. Well, my competitors, they were all so good. It was it was an amazing battle. Um, I, I uh, Round one was good. I still didn't play to like what I wanted to, but it was still good. Um, and then round two came and I ended up getting food poisoning. Um, so that was, that was a rough round for me. Got, def definitely got sick on the course. Um, wow. people know what that's, um, but, uh, that was, that was a rough round. I, I barely made it through. I almost like gave up, but I told myself you can't quit. So made it through that. Um, and then round three, round three was, was pretty good. It was another struggle i was just like i didn't i couldn't make any putts <laughs> um i couldn't make any putts it was just and then round four it was a struggle for all of us no one it was we all had not good rounds i can say that for everyone it was we had torrential downpour and during our award ceremony we had um hail really big hail come down and uh yeah it was it was a rough tournament but we we finished strong so Wow. Yeah. I mean, when you look at scorecards, they always say scorecards don't have pictures, but we don't know that the torrential rain and uh, your food poisoning. You said, yeah, I got sick on the course. You almost gave up. Um, it tells me a little bit about you, but maybe you can just elaborate for a minute. How competitive are you as a person um, growing up board games, uh, trying to do things better than your siblings? I don't know. Like, how competitive are you? Um, I'm pretty competitive. I mean, you can never let your little brothers beat you. So, I mean, that's pretty high. That's pretty high on the competitive list. And then, yeah, I was, I'm a very competitive person, but you know, if I don't win, uh, it happens, but okay. I definitely try. I definitely try to win. All right. So, yeah. Okay. So you got a healthy perspective is what it sounds like, but yeah, you're definitely going to try to win. Now you mentioned your, your little brothers. Um, what's your family like? You got, I think you have quite a few brothers and sisters. Yeah, I have four brothers and one sister. I'm the oldest. And uh, yeah, we all play disc golf. Disc golf. All play disc <laughs> Yeah, so you can't let them beat you. Um, well, while we're on that topic, we have a lot more to figure out about you. You said you can't let them beat you. They all play disc golf. Um, you've traveled around to multiple events. I've seen you and your family at um, Maple Hill. I've seen you at Junior Worlds. Uh, we cross paths fairly often. Um where where does it stack up? How often are they beating you? Ever? Or are you taking it down just about every time? Um, well, 
my my the next brother in line, my four uh fourteen year old brother, he he can he's getting up there. He can be we we flip flop a lot between rounds. Who's beaten? It's it's getting pretty close. But the other ones, nah. I can beat them. <laughs> okay, awesome. Yeah, awesome. Okay, so you started, my understanding is a few months pre-COVID, which is crazy that we can mark a time and space like that, but that's how it is about three or four years ago. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, last year at Worlds, you turned 16, so you're still 16. So three or four years ago, you were probably about 13, maybe even 12 when you started disc golfing. Um, how was it that you were introduced to the game? Well, it was Jomez's most popular video on YouTube. We watched 2019 Worlds Final Back Nine. And just from there, we got, I, we just started watching and then started stealing our mom's pot lids <laughs> and throwing them into buckets. And then we, that was when we lived in New Hampshire. And then we moved to New Jersey and our grandparents have a course five minutes from their house. And they, they, uh, they played all the time. So they just got us in on real disc golf instead of like, tin lids and buckets so that's and then we just played every day through covid and never never stopped what what led you to um the jomez video was it just random algorithm of youtube or was there like someone that searched for it no it just came up randomly wow yeah i don't know if i've heard that story like ever from anybody like just randomly like found it and hooked <laughs> wow very cool. Um, also, I've heard you say, and, and I don't know if this is correct or not. Is this your first like actual interview per se in this type of element, like a podcast? Yeah. Yeah. And so the only information I could really find was what was public through PDGA or maybe a little bit on your Instagram um, or the distance showcase that Jomez just put up. They did a very brief question and answer with you um and you mentioned that this all seemed to come pretty natural for you like you didn't have to put in a lot of effort there um did you just see people on the course or just through watching jomez it was just it came like hey that's how you're supposed to throw and i can just reproduce that or what type of work did you have to put in not much i didn't put any work in until like a month before junior worlds like i didn't do any field work no form work i, I don't, honestly don't know it, it was a miracle <laughs> um we we just would watch so much disco i watched every single gk pro gatekeeper jomez uh ace run everything i would watch everything that came out so i think i just like put all those together without even like thinking about it and would just take little things from different players and add them all together and somehow i got a pretty good form so wow i'm having a slight epiphany of the possibility that most people that learn disc golf should watch it before they ever throw a disc <laughs> it's very possible that like it plants something in your brain about the how-to as opposed to learning in the moment trial by fire on a course um so now that you are here though you mentioned you hadn't done any work on it but is anything like is coaching anything that you've tried looking into um, or trying to get feedback or watching yourself play and critique it? Like, is that something you're working on now? Yeah, I, I really enjoy talking to other players about form or even like my form, their form. I love talking about that. I'm not, I'm not very good at explaining it. I'm more good at like watching it myself and just like doing it, but I'm trying to get better at being able to talk about it. Cause you know, sometimes people, sometimes people ask me questions and I'll be like, I don't know how to explain that. So I'm really trying to learn how to talk to other people about it, but I do. And I do have 
uh, a coach who kind of helps me like with form stuff, especially my forehand, because <laughs> mm-hmm. I really need on that. Um, but yeah, I, I talk with a lot of players and that that's usually what helps me a lot. So I think we saw, um, I happened to be at USDGC and that was my first time actually observing you throw. Um, I think I saw you with, is it some type of like a kinetic tape or something on your arm and it was your non-throwing arm, but have you thought about, um, this is a big talking point in disc golf right now, the preservation of your body. Uh, you're young, but we're seeing players that are throwing extremely hard. I mean, think of Simon Lazard or Eagle. Um, we've seen people with surgeries and rehab. Have you been talked to or have you thought about it yourself? I'm sure you have. Um, what that might look like for you, how to preserve your body and continue to excel. Um, I mean, I, I know I have a very... Um, uh, sort of violent throw i i uh i definitely go hard on my body and i'm trying to smooth that down but i haven't really thought that far ahead okay i've kind of gone with it okay (laughs) that's fair i mean if if we're all raising our hands in the live audience and post like who's at age 16 thought about preserving their body i don't think anyone really raises their (laughs) hands um i know for sure not me um but speaking of that you said you haven't really thought that far forward. Can I just ask, like, how far have you daydreamed into the future with disc golf? Have you found yourself thinking down the road, dreaming of world championships or two? Like, what, what, how far have you gone? What do you want to do with disc golf for your life? Oh, I want to take it as far as I can. I'm, it's, I enjoy it so much and I'm pretty good at it. So I just, I really enjoy it. And the community is so good. And, I mean, of course, I would love to win, but if I don't win, it's, it's just the experience. But I would love to win a world championship or something like that eventually. Yeah. I um, As I mentioned, I observed you at USDGC, and I got to see you throw specifically as well in the distance showcase, the one where they pump everybody up, and then they hand you a disc that you've never thrown before, <laughs> and they say, throw it as far as you can. Um, and... I saw and observed you throw, again, it's plastic you weren't familiar with, but you were clearing the pond with a full turnover, no flex. If you were able to throw something you knew, I'm sure that you'd clear it by a mile. So I know at Worlds, the distance showcase, you threw about 460 feet, um, somewhere in that range. And then at USDGC, I believe you threw over 500 feet. Do you have that number off the top of your head? 536 that is elite distance and nobody needs me to tell them that. Uh, what am I doing wrong, Eliezra? What am I doing wrong? Uh, but no, but seriously, I think we're going to do a quick game. If you've ever seen on this, ep- on this segment, it's called judge that disc golfer. We're just going to do one question round, one question round. We're going to ask you a simple question and I want, this is going to be fun guys. Cause we're going to dial it in real tight here. Uh, I'll go first. The question is, and don't answer out loud yet, is how far can you throw a disc? Now, we threw some numbers out there, but I want you to pick an exact number, how far you could throw a disc, and you get to decide what that means for yourself. Uh, I will go first, and I'm going to say, do you have a number in your head, Ellie? Sure, yes. Okay, keep it locked. (laughs) You got that number. Okay, don't change it. Um, I'm going to say... Oh man, she really gets a hold of one. Five fifty-five is my answer. Uh, who's Ben? You're next. Um, I'm gonna go five thirty-six. Okay, Josh. <laughs> uh, I'm going close, but I say five fifty. Okay, Evan, what do you think? 
I want to say 600 so bad. Uh, I really want to, uh, but I don't think so. I, I'll go like five, five. Does someone say five? I said 555. You, okay. I want to go 565. All right. Ellie. And by the way, you're cool with me Which calling you crazy. Ellie. Yeah, okay. totally. I appreciate that. I, I, okay. Uh, so what, what number do you have? How far can you throw a disc? 550. Was oh, there anybody Josh. closer? I said 555. I think Josh said 550. Right? Yeah, I said 550. 550 on the dot. Josh, you win. Josh. You win the prize. <laughs> hey, and by the way, like that is incredible. I mean, if you had said anything over 400, like kudos to you. So 550 no. is outrageous. It's in Ben. I've done it twice and that was my farthest ever. <laughs> so she's backing it up. This isn't even someone that just says they could do it. Um, ben, uh, as far as like our show goes, Ben's our crusher. And how far do you throw? 460? 551. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, no, yeah. Uh, yeah. Or yeah, around that age. So, I, I, uh, I need to get to 500 one day. <laughs> she, she, she's doing it at 16, man. That is phenomenal. Okay. So let's ask this question. Um, so at USDGC. You had a lot going on. You were. It seemed like you were very happy, just having a blast. Is disc golf really fun for you? It seems like, but like even at the high competition level, it's just fun for you. Or are you stressed out? Oh man, I think I'm stressed on the inside, but I just like don't feel it because I'm having so much fun. Um, <laughs> I honestly couldn't even believe I was at USDC. It never really sunk in. Like I was playing with Kristen Dachar and Evelina and Henna and all those amazing athletes, and I just could not believe it. I, it's, it doesn't feel like a job. It never will. It was just so fun. <laughs> right. And so because of all of that competition experience, how you were standing out and just impressing people with distance and just composure, um, you weren't sponsored by a manufacturer at that point, were you? No. Did you have any sponsorships at all? No. Okay. So I'm interested if you can tell us what the process was like following that period of time uh, to the point where you did line up a main sponsor. What was that process like? Like, was it overwhelming? <laughs> did you have a hard choice? Like, how did you get to where you are now? Oh, it was definitely overwhelming. I had I had way too many, like, different things, like something, like I'd get something from one company and then another company would, like, give me an offer, but it was like, two different things that were like would equal out like somebody would be paying me this much but then somebody would give me this many discs and then it was like oh how do I pick um but yeah it was definitely a very hard decision I had yeah it was it was a tough decision but I made the right decision (laughs) so your decision was after all that processing we saw your announcement congratulations DGA lined you up tell us about that why are you excited to play for DGA oh it's uh the discs are amazing for one (laughs) um it's a great company i just i really love the generic not generic the the down-to-earth theme it's just like cool like the stamps are just nice (laughs) and i love all the names the discs the plastic they're all great um all the people there are so nice and i they all welcomed me into the family and it was just it was just i felt like i i fit there well, yeah, congratulations on that. Um, what are you finding are your favorite discs? I mean, you throw really far. What's your go-to disc for distance with DGA? Right now, 
I, I haven't gotten a ton, like a ton, a ton of distance practice, but right now I'm really liking the torrent, which is really funny because I don't usually throw 14 speeds. So I was really surprised that I liked it, but I'm really liking the torrent for sure. And the hurricane. I mean, I'm liking them all, but the torrent right now for sure is one of my favorites. Okay. Um, and you mentioned as I think it was the last round of the national amateur disc golf tour or it makes sense the rain and food poisoning, but putting was coming harder to you. I, it seems obvious that distance is your superhero power. Um, yeah. Not saying that you don't have to work for it, but it comes easier than most. Um, what parts of your game do you feel like you're trying to dial in and work on the most during this? We're almost to the end of the off season. Uh, everything except for distance. <laughs> um, I really need to work on my forehand. I've been working on that a lot. And trying to gain confidence with that because like i have i have i have the power like enough power. i don't have that much power. i just have i have a good forehand but i need to get confident with it i need to control my angles better and then just putting i need to get in reps like i just need to putt more i mean i've been putting a lot but i need to put more just basic practice putting practice <laughs> okay um yeah, I think realistically, I've asked a lot of questions to you. My my last question would be, and I just think it gives us some insight sometimes into who you are. I heard that you hadn't played any other sports. Um, you are, you have something in common with another world champion or two. Uh, Ricky Wysocki was homeschooled. My understanding is that you're in that same boat. What do you think are some of the advantages that you get because of being homeschooled and having the disc golf competition? Well, you can travel whenever you want <laughs> or uh, you can do school on the road. You can, you know, if there's there's a good weather day, uh, you can decide to play disc golf on that day. And if the next day is rainy, you can do double school. And like it's a very you're very flexible. You can just, you know, work around your schedule a lot more. Like Go to you can go to a one day tournament on like a Friday, which you couldn't do in like public school because I'll just do double school on Thursday. <laughs> so Right. Yeah and, yeah, and and Ricky talked about that same thing. He said there was a course down the road from where he lived and he wasn't even traveling homeschool, uh, but he would just he would do his work and get out and practice. And I think it's an awesome thing um, that you have in common with some of the, the best disc golfers in the world. Uh, and then finally, do you have any other hobbies that you enjoy doing? Uh, reading, gaming? Uh, I don't know. What, what, what might it be? I play pickleball. <laughs> okay. So you picked up yeah. another sport. Yeah. I, uh, my grand, that was another thing my grandparents got me in on. Um, no, I, I really, that's like the only other thing I do. I just play disc golf, watch disc golf and play pickleball and do school. <laughs> that's about it. <laughs> and keep your brothers at bay. I'm sure I can imagine. Um, yeah. uh -huh. <laughs> uh, I don't want to put anybody on the spot, but Josh or Ben or Evan, anything I missed that you'd like to ask? I'll, I'll follow up a little bit. So, hi, Ali. Nice to meet you. Um, this is awesome and exciting for us. I'm sure you feel the same, um, but this is this is awesome. By the way, um, I live in New Hampshire, which you said you were from there originally, and I was also homeschooled, but I did not move to New Jersey, and I've never thrown a disc 550 feet, so congrats <laughs> to you. Um, and I think you've got lots of future potential, so thank you for sharing time with us. Uh, Matt did ask you about some of your dreams, and you're like, hey, of course, Worlds or something of that sort would be incredible. Um, it looks like it's early in the game, but you've got potential. 
Um, can you elaborate just a little bit more on your actual plans for this season? Are we going to see you at all the tour events? Um, you obviously have the flexibility to be on the road. So can you share your, your plans with us? Yes, I will be hitting most of the tour. I think I'm almost 100% sure. I mean, I'm not doing Europe or anything like that. Um, but all of the U.S., I'm skipping three events. I think through the West Coast. I'm not doing the West Coast. Awesome. Well, Matt asked a lot of the other questions that I had on my note cards, and I enjoyed listening and hearing more about you. And um, I can assure you myself and others are going to be following uh, you this year to see how you perform. <clears throat> Let me that, that prompted me. And I'm so glad you said that, Josh, about the tour that was in my list and I just missed it. I did see at the National Am. That's a mouthful, by the way, N-A-D-G-T or whatever it's called. Um, I did see that you were holding up a pro tour exemption. Did you need that exemption to be able to play the tour or were you already all set? I was, I'm all set. That was, that's a long story. Okay. But we got it. <laughs> okay. But regardless, if you did get that exemption, you're all set, you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Okay. But either way you, you have it and, and you're okay. So we're going to see you out there. That's awesome. Uh, Ben, anything? Evan? Um, Yeah. Yeah, uh, she already pretty much touched on what my questions okay. I had, unfortunately. Cool. But uh, fortunately, I guess, too. Fortunately. fortunately. Uh, did we miss anything in the chat? Evan, you got anything before she goes? Uh, nope. I've been a, a, a viewer here and enjoying every second of it. Uh, very impressed, uh, both in the game and public speaking. Uh, so just good luck this season and uh, hope you enjoy a, a year full of big events and being on tour. Hey, I do. I do need to go back and clarify though. So, you're saying you started playing disc golf by throwing pots and pans lids. I just need to be clear on that because that is awesome. <laughs> if that's true, it is true. <laughs> oh man, I love we it. Farm, and that's all we had. We had we had a homestead, and so in the middle of the mountains. Oh, oh, that is right. well. At some point, if I ever meet you. Um, I'm going to drill into that a little bit more because the whole thing sounds intriguing and exciting, and I'm glad it's led you down this journey, regardless of how it plays out for you. Um, hopefully, this is an amazing um, experience for you. Way to revisit that, Josh. And where did you throw them into? Is it buckets or or trash cans? Trash cans. <laughs> yeah. There's something to it, people. There's our chicken feed, our chicken feed bins. <laughs> there. There's something to it. I, I think we may have learned about the keys to success, Ben, and we're long yep. past that. I already ordered pots and pans <laughs> on Amazon. <laughs> on Amazon. They'll be here tomorrow. Um, when you come through, and I'm just assuming, and maybe you won't, but when you come through to Maple Hill, it'll be a pleasure to meet you in person again, and I'm sure uh, we'll be reaching out and getting you on for big moments this year. We only wish the best for you. Is there anyone you'd like to shout out before we let you go, Ellie? Oh, of course, uh, DGA and Pound, and of course, my wonderful mother for uh, putting up with me <laughs> and me uh, letting me travel, and um, my brothers too. I guess I guess I have to thank them and my sister. But <laughs> uh, yeah, thanks to my family and uh, of course Jesus. Absolutely, we're Amen. so we're so glad that you came on. Uh, we'll definitely have you on again. Safe travels and uh, good luck. Have a good evening. Thank you. Thank you. All right, everybody. Elizra. It's the ah, uh, the emphasis. It's Elizra. It's, it's no, I think it's Eliezra. <laughs> Eliezra. Eli, I'm serious. Eli, I think that's Eli, what it is. Eliezra. Eliezra. Yeah, it's, Eliezra. Eliezra. it's the ra. It's the ra. Yes. I don't know. Um, hey, how awesome is that? I mean, obviously, there's fun parts of that story. And uh, we see lots of potential. It'll be intriguing to see how it actually plays out because the competition is hard. 
the road, the grind is tough, but wow, lots of potential. Imagine being 16 and throwing pots and pan lids and then two years later throwing 550 feet. Here's my take. Um, I think she's going to evolve the game in a way that we've never seen and is really going to push the FPO and we're going to start seeing more and more of these like power throwers in the FPO game. And I think she's going to push, push that, uh, I guess I don't, yeah. not the agenda. I don't know what, what yeah. the right word, but you know what I'm saying? The evolution yeah. of the game. Yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting. You know, she acknowledged, obviously you're going to have to be well-rounded if you want to compete against the likes of Kristen Tatar, Paige Pierce and others at the top of the game. But if you can uh, sustain and not injure yourself, by the way, at 16, I know Matt, she's not thinking about the longevity of her arm, but you know, throwing 550 feet for years on end can be a thing. So again, I, I've got all the optimism in the world. Um, that interview was was amazing. So I don't need to focus on any of the other downsides, but it's going to be fun to watch. Um, and not it, like she's the perfect example, but as the pro tour continues to mature, right, over all these years, um, I just had somebody over to my house yesterday who's, you know, casually aware of disc golf and the pro scene and kind of just himself observed and acknowledged. He's like, yeah, I imagine now that the sport's really been growing at this rate, you're going to start having that next tier of players who have been playing since they've been four yep. or whatever, which is actually not her story, intriguing enough, but she's still a kid. Am I allowed to say that? You, What you're saying? <laughs> right, but like yeah. if the sport is going to continue to be infused, obviously – there's a whole bunch of names, and so I hesitate to leave somebody out. But the the classic Gannon Burr being so young, um, obviously Elias Ra, like, and it's just like it'll be fun. And there's a bunch of other names to add to that list, but it's awesome. Yeah, and whether they grew up to your point four years old or not, it's it's we've always talked about this attracting the athletes too. Uh, once they see that there's an opportunity, and they go, ooh, that's kind of easy for the picking right now, because I'm a full-blown athlete. You know what I mean? Like, they're going to start showing up as well. So, yeah. Okay, and how about the uh, the part of, you know, it's been said many times over the years about the importance of media and how that can grow the game, and then you have, a like, almost a picture-perfect story of, yeah, the YouTube algorithm recommended Jomez, so we watched it, and... <laughs> a couple of years later, I'm I'm finishing top ten at throw pink, like and throwing farther right. than pretty much every woman out there. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. incredible. Pretty pretty fun. I didn't realize the Jomez showcase that just got posted recently of Pro Worlds 2023. It was a distance showcase. It was not the actual competition per se, because she got second in that showcase. But at Pro Worlds on her birthday, 2023, mm. when she turned 16. She threw further than every other FPO player in the world. Hey, and I don't have the story, so I hesitate to bring it up, but the chat keeps asking about, did she need to borrow somebody's shoes for that competition? At Worlds? I don't know if somebody, yeah, we should have asked either. her. Should've Interesting. Her. That Jen Allen loaned her shoes oh. to her. So I, I, there is more to that story that I also yeah, don't yeah. know of. I, but, I was uh, going to ask, but I didn't. So. I, I could send her a text message, I guess. <laughs> All right. Um, Let's continue on here. Um, we have a lot to talk about, including UDisc Live not being used by the Disc Golf Pro Tour any longer. Um, it is a story that I'm going to be honest. I had caught drift of. Yes, we all we all have. No, I'm talking two months plus ago. Yeah. 
Oh, I don't think, hey, Ben, you can say we all, but I only joined the show recently and I did not know. Okay. I know a lot of stuff inside. I did not know this one. When I saw the press release, it was news to me for what it's worth. Yeah. And all I'm saying is somebody reached out to us and said, hey, this is probably going to happen. I reached out to somebody else and I was too generic and they said, just sit tight and here it is. Well, long story short is Udisc Live is no longer partnered up with the Disc Golf Pro Tour. And the short version is that PDGA Live is going to be replacing that. Now, we tried the lineup Jeff Spring tonight. Um, it was looking promising and then kind of fell through and said no longer available. So he's not available this week. Uh, we do have plans to line him up in the next week or two with hopes that more information will be dropping too. And so we'll try to double up on Jeff Spring when he makes it onto the show. But before we get to um, Evan and the PDGA stat Mando guy, <laughs> with the ins inside scoop to what's going on there with the live scoring, um, I reached out to Matt Kruger, original founder and CEO of Udisc. Funny enough, Josh, Matt and Josh are the owners of Udisc. Yes. Uh, I'm fully aware, yeah. So um, I, I reached out with just a few questions. I probably should have asked a lot more, but I honestly thought it was just going to be a simple back and forth text with Matt. And he ended up saying, can I email you? And he actually gave me full responses. So let me just read a few of these out here um, that I had asked him. I said, is it safe to assume that Udisc wanted to stay as live scoring for the Disc Golf Pro Tour? And here's his response. We had many discussions with the Disc Golf Pro Tour about the 2024 season, right up till the end of 2023, so yes, we were surprised when they decided to go a different direction. It's a little bittersweet to end after eight years and a lot of investment on our end, but on the plus side, it now frees up a lot more time for us to focus on our core business, the UDisc app. And we have a lot of exciting updates coming there soon. Uh, I, I also asked him, was the negotiation surrounding the decision in large part due to financial or like, what was the part of the deal that fell through? Was it a financial thing? And he says, the question's probably better suited for the tour. We were very close on an agreement before they let us know about the new direction. And we don't uh, want to speak for them regarding their motivation. So it sounds to me like they're not fully sure. Uh, that's that's how I interpret that. Why UDISC isn't fully sure why this didn't come to a conclusion. And then finally, I said, will UDISC continue to provide live event scoring for non-Disc Golf Pro Tour events? Um, and I also even mentioned the USDGC specifically because the USDGC had a USDGC tracker. If you remember that, you guys could look at UDISC and see at these events how players yep. that were qualifying for USDGC were doing. Uh, the answer was, yes, we powered scoring for over 80,000 events last year, and 99.9% .9 of those were not Disc Golf Pro Tour affiliated. We'll continue to bring innovations to these events via our free league and event scoring platforms. Uh, and they also said, we expect USDGC will be scored on the new PDGA platform. We wanted to make sure there would be a consistent, consistent fan experience for the season. So we informed the USDGC team about the change as soon as we knew so they could prepare on their end. We did the same for the European Open and the President Cups, uh, the President Cup. Um, and again, just to clarify, the USDGC has a USDGC tracker. And my understanding is the team at USDGC worked hard and probably invested a significant amount of money into making that happen. So to have that kind of pulled away, they wanted to make sure that they had a heads up as much as they could. 
And then finally, he gave us a little bonus content here. In addition to your questions, we saw a lot of speculation that this was somehow related to the UDISC Pro price change. To clarify, there was no connection. That change took place in early August of last year, and we communicated that with all of our members then. It seems some people have correlated the timing of their subscription renewals with this news, but we had every intention of continuing to work with the tour back when the price change was enacted. Um, and there, this is a free advertisement for UDISC. <laughs> we also removed all limitations on scorecards for the free tier. Previously, only 10 scorecards could be kept before you needed to upgrade. So now we can score unlimited rounds for free. Oh, or, wow. or you can. Additionally, UDISC Live was always free to everyone. So its availability one way or another didn't it, did not impact the price of a subscription. Just thanks for checking in. We're working on exciting things. We'll keep everybody in, in, you know, in the loop. Um, it's happy to provide feedback if we have any other questions. Um, anything stand out to you there, Josh, just in general about this whole thing? Uh, we're obviously going to get to talk to Evan here in just a minute, but anything stand out to you guys that's like surprising, uh, interesting or other? Well, I think the story takes full shape when you start looking at what the Pro Tour press release says, what the PDGA says, and I know we're going to get there. So before that, just in general reaction, as I acknowledged, maybe others hadn't had some idea that it was coming. But when I saw the the release immediately, I was like, oh, wow, because UDISC has been a significant part of the growth of the Pro Tour, um, accessibility to information, live scoring, throw by throw, right, status. I could watch a disc golf tournament um, simply by watching the UDISC app. Obviously, you're watching in a different way. Um, the evolution of stats, ranking systems. Um, and they did a lot of work there that has provided tremendous value to players who talk about their stats, to the media, uh, to supplementing, you know, the live broadcast from the disc golf network. And by the way, I don't think anybody's discrediting any of that. So I'm just stating it as fact and I probably missed some things, but so, yeah, I was shocked. And of course, immediately my mind starts to pivot to, um, yeah. So what's this going to look like going forward? Um, I think there's lots of ways that this can be done and be done excellent and it doesn't all require UDISC. Um, but I am intrigued because we've also seen, I'm talking about the history, not the future, but the history of the pro tour with certain missteps. Um, they've always recovered well from them. So like, you know, no major issues. Um, but also the PDGA with a change in director, obviously stat Mando, some of these conversations we're going to have here. So I'm in, I'm intrigued. Um, I am not surprised to hear uh, Matt say our core business. I think it's worth noting that their core business, if you look at where they even founded um, or how they started, right? Their initial idea was not to have a disc golf pro tour scoring, live scoring app. Um, now, obviously they did a lot of business in that space, but I think their core app still has tons of potential. Um, and I'm sure they'll do just fine because they have an amazing app that provides an amazing service to millions of disc golfers, many which are recreational only. So yeah, it'll be interesting. I'm more intrigued now about, uh, how we move forward. Um, but yeah, it's my reactions. Yeah. You think about it. It was, I lucky for me, it was cool. A part of history, I guess I was, uh, a live scorer for the first ever UDISC live scoring for the Disc Golf Pro Tour. I think I have a shirt somewhere that was like, hey, I'm a live scorer. Um, and that was cool. I remember the servers were crashing. People, it wasn't handling it well. It was the first time they ever did it, but it was a thing and it was awesome. And we were like, wow, we get live scoring uh, and it was just awesome, right? So 
true thanks to them and their innovations to bring that to the, the place it was. Even working with probably just Smashbox at the time to be like, how do we get scores? And it just, it all helped so much uh, to the place where we are now. I'm all about innovation and moving forward. I think that there, there will be transitional, whatever you want to call it, bumps, uh, you know, speed bumps of sorts. Uh, but a lot of times to move forward, it takes a step back sometimes. And you just got to kind of look at the big picture. As far as marketing goes, there are going to be, be people that are upset. Um, but there's also going to be people that are able to see forward and say, this is going to be better in the long run. I'm not fully there yet. I, I'm looking forward to hearing from Evan. Uh, ben, do you have any reaction on this? Reactions? Um, I think it makes sense, uh, all in all. I mean, putting it under one one house, one roof, the Disc Golf Pro Tour PGA, and um, bringing Sam Mando in and doing cool stats like that. It all makes sense. It was expected, and I'm really excited for what um, is going to be the future of live scoring, and I'm excited for Evan to uh, bring that to us. So Evan wants to take it away. Well, can we play like, I'm trying to think of the best theme music. Like, is it Mission Impossible soundtrack, and then like Evan swirls in, and he's got all the answers for us? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if this is the right one. Oh, it's not the right one. It, we're, we're going into some epic moment of history, and it, it deserves to be marked. Uh, everybody. Uh, um, our very own. Yeah, the, che the cheering in the background. Uh, our very own Evan Kearns of the PDGA and Statman, though. Should we say welcome to the show? No, you've been here the whole time. Dude. Yeah, I got the Will Shoestrick intro. Yeah. Uh, that makes me feel special. Big deal. Except this time, your audio worked after that play. <laughs> it was better. Um uh, Evan, you heard us going on a little bit here, back and forth, different thoughts. You've been a part of this now for a little bit as far as officially, but you've probably, you know, had some ideas in your head, dreams and visions, and and maybe not even for Statmando, but now that you're there, you're integrated into this. And I'm sure you're going to provide us a lot of clarity on things that we aren't aware of. So go ahead and give us as much as you want, details, facts, you know, whatever you can, and then we'll follow up and have a conversation. Yeah, certainly. I mean, well, it's, it's a really exciting time uh, to be able to uh, handle the, I mean, in, uh, add on to the live scoring that has existed uh, in disc golf for a number of years. So the PDGA Live will be handling um, all the Disc Golf Pro Tour Elite and PDGA Open Majors live scorings for 2024, uh, but with the addition of throw-by-throw -throw tracking. Um, so that is a new uh, feature and add-on for the 2024 season that will be available for those select events. Um, so really, really cool to see that, uh, both the tracking uh, and the uh, stats that go behind all of it. Uh, so people should expect a uh, similar experience to what they've seen in the past uh, just now on the PDGA live platform, um, which will handle the, the input from players or stat keepers. Um, and then will be shared to both the PDGA live front end where you can view the uh, live scoring and then the throw by throw tracking and the throw by throw stats and all that cool stuff. And it'll also be supplied to the Disc Golf Pro Tour uh, who made their own press announcement um, about their plans to release their own, um, I believe, website and app that will also have that same data. So uh, I'm personally just really, really excited to work on it. And uh, one thing that I'll, uh, I'll tease already here just real quick uh, is that there is the option to track your distance to the target on every single throw. 
Uh, so not only is that off the tee on like a big par five, if you throw maybe the furthest and you're the closest to the target, uh, you can mark that and the data can see that. Uh, we can find cool ways to uh, to calculate that or, or come up with cool stats related. Uh, but what's got me really excited um, is that you can track your distance on every single putt. So uh, not only are you tracking where your made putt is, the exact uh, distance just on a slider, uh, but you can do every single putt attempt as well. So we can really kind of uh, nail down the specifics on you know who's the best putter in certain areas of the green. Um, which will be really, really exciting. And I'm personally just super stoked to dive into that, uh, especially the most. Okay. Are you saying distance to target? So for every shot, um, if you know the distance, you can say I was a 23-foot putt or a 182-foot throw-in or a 362-foot ace, and we'll know all those stats. Well, yeah, at least certainly. Be available. Well, yeah, the A should be uh, kind of straightforward because it's That's the uh, distance of the hole. But, <laughs> it should, uh, yeah, otherwise, it should be, but yeah, you'll have those a... those signs are fishy, but, you know. <laughs> Certainly, yeah. Well, it's it's based on what the TD puts in for the, you know, the, the distance of that hole. Uh, but, it yeah, it'll be a slider that's available on, uh, right. on every single shot, again. So when you're labeling where your uh, throw landed and, you know, kind of what area, um, you can also just say... Um, how far away is it from the target? So if I have a, you know, really sick approach, um, and I, like, I guess that's not the best way to word it, but I, I have an approach that lands, like you said, 23 feet away. Uh, and then I make that putt, you know, I know I made a 23 footer and I made it, but if I miss it now, I know I missed a 23 footer, which in my current game uh, is something that happens uh, more often once you get past that 20 foot range. So seeing where I excel at, uh, but again, this is for uh, PDG Open Majors and Disc Golf Pro Tour Elite. So uh, won't be uh, tracked for me just yet, um, but will be really, really cool to see, you know, where players play. Maybe Paul McBeth's a really good deep C2 putter. Um, and Gannon Burr, who might be the best circle two putter overall, uh, might struggle a little bit more from that really, really deep area of circle uh, to kind of the edge of the green. So how I just have a question. How exactly are... Maybe you already answered this. Are you getting these dis distances? Is it through GPS or is the scorekeeper going to have to go up to the disc and be like, like how, how does that work? Oh, well, it's user input. So, okay. Um, okay. yeah, the scorekeeper, uh, I mean, they can use a range finder. They can, maybe they have GPS technology they're using <laughs> uh, or can just be using, um, you know, references on, on where you are on the, on the whole, if you know a certain thing is a certain distance and, you know, they're a few feet behind, H however you go about finding that distance. Um, so, and, it, and to help clarify that, Ben, how did UDISC live scores ever do that? Well, I thought you were saying like exact distances, like you'll know 17 feet. I thought UDISC well, was always UDISC like circle one, circle two. No, they UDISC they, had ranges. Yeah. They had ranges. Yeah, though. ranges. I, I thought Evan was saying like exact. Like no, but this like man if you throw in, feet. no, if you throw in, if you were at 75 feet, it would say 75 feet on UDISC live. I'm just saying, how did they come up with that? They just had to estimate. Yeah. I was just, or use a range I, that's finder That's all I was wondering. I didn't know if it was new yeah. technology, groundbreaking <laughs> GPS or EGA. something like that. Um, that's all. So there's a lot, uh, shotgun all over here. Are you able to catalog any stats from what UDISC had on record? Now, I know like stats are an interesting conversation. I know legally like stats, I think belong. I think the stats that, is, is this true? If Statmando comes up with a stat, does it belong to you or no? 
Oh, I, that's a that's a question for a lawyer okay. and not okay. for me. In All the right. history books, uh, at least. So I just know it gets complicated. But my point is, are we able to track for the history of the sport what's already been cataloged for eight or nine years? Like, or is it gone? Or I, I don't know. Maybe that's a question for Matt Kruger. Yeah. So, I mean, the PGA is starting fresh with 2024. So uh, all the data would be new data going forward, um, especially with tracking, you know, distance on every shot. It'll all be fresh for this season. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as getting the historical, uh, th- that's not a question for me. Uh, that'd be a question, you know, for the higher ups of the pro tour. But you do have, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, like spreadsheets probably as like stat rundowns for whatever you guys have created in the past where you'd say, oh, this person was the best putter in whatever with this percentage circle two putts. Like you have that information from stuff that you've created in the in the past. So I would assume at some level a historian or you guys could like kind of put that together. But that was just a question I had. Um, yeah. And, and Matt, obviously, like Evan said, there's probably details to be worked out, but you discs, they're not they said they're leaving it up and available. Now, how it's used, there maybe could True. be legal implications and questions, but it's not disappearing. Um, and thanks to them for leaving it there uh, for yeah. anybody who needs to go and look at it. But anyway. Yeah. Um, I, I'm looking. I've got at, questions. Yeah, Josh, go. I've got, I'm I've also, got questions. Yeah, that's good. And I'm also seeing if the chat can put up any really good questions. We might take one. But yeah, go ahead. I mean. I'm not going to go through this. Evan already knows I sent my list of like 18 or 19 questions at least, and I had more behind that. Uh, Many of which, of course, are actually um, questions for the Pro Tour and Disc Golf Network. And so I want to clarify this point. And so Evan, basically what we have is two separate entities, and I realize how closely the Pro Tour and the PDGA work, right? But the separate entities that kind of stitch this whole experience together for those of us who consume the professional game. And so if you could just confirm that, that it's like the PDGA, right, owns the live scoring in addition to throw by throw the collection of the stats in the game. Um, obviously, Stat Mando can help do all of their magic on the technology side, the stats development side, but that's that side of the entity. The Pro Tour, of course, will then use those stats and performance to do their own thing, which is their own web page, maybe their own app, um, and whatever they want to do with the stats. You know, the press release talks about using them in different ways, right, in the future. Um, are we thinking about that correct, that as two entities with separate roles, but a partnership between the two? Um, yeah, I, I believe you said that uh, as best you could. I mean, I, I'll, I'll reiterate that it, PDGA is doing the collection of the data, um, and then we'll also be displaying the stats and the data through the PDGA live app, uh, just as you can, you know, view dozens or hundreds of events, uh, on any given weekend, uh, if you're viewing a open major or a disc pro tour elite event, uh, you'll be able to see all the, you know, throw by throw stats in addition to the live scoring. Uh, but then that data that's being collected by the PDGA is also being supplied to the disc golf pro tour, um, which I, I don't know the, the, the progress or release dates on anything, um, that they have specifically. Um, but, it seems that their plan is to also have um, ways to uh, engage with the data uh, through their means as well. Right. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Thanks for confirming. And I don't, I certainly don't expect you to have all the details on how the pro tour, right? We hope to get more information from them on the future. Um, a much more tactical question that I don't know um, is the idea to follow a similar model for scoring, right? Obviously this year, all players have to keep score. So that part is covered, but throw by throw, um, is the idea that somebody on the card would volunteer similar to the UDesk model? Are you familiar with what's being discussed? You may not own that, but I'm curious if you know. Yeah. So recording stats um, at this, that well, I'll start off with that uh, throw by throw tracking. Again, I've said that it's 
going to be uh, available to open majors and to Disc Golf Pro Tour Elite events. Um, the plan is to release it to all uh, PDGA events at some point, but there's no timetable on when. Um, but the general uh, sentiment is that stats are always optional for for somebody to track, you know, especially with the new scoring changes to 2024, where uh, every player has to uh, keep score, either them or their caddy for themselves, I believe, um, mm -hmm. by whatever scoring means. Um, the stats part is optional. You can opt in to keep stats. You can also opt in to the distance to target. You don't have to do that on every throw either. Uh, so that is optional. You can opt in and out as you wish. Uh, you just have to keep score. Um, you know, what the actual uh, numerical number you scored on that hole. Um, so as far as the open majors and disc golf pro tour elite, um, I believe the goal is to have stat keepers, um, be the ones that are, um, following kind of the similar experience and, and okay. being the ones to record the stats. Um, players, I, I believe are free to do it as they wish as well. Um, so Interesting. It's, uh, up to them if they want to do stats. Interesting. So now I'm maybe getting way too technical here, but are we taking data that's going to be broadcast live from the group's scorekeeping? I know you're talking about there's probably going to be like a similar experience to having somebody there that is doing it and walking. So like, will the live experience that we see probably be from a live scorekeeper per se, or from like the group if they're doing it, or it's a combination of them all. Like where, where's it going to get pulled from? Yeah, it's a combination. I mean, if it depends on who's, who's keeping score uh, and who's keeping, well, who's keeping stats, I guess in that instance. Um, and then, yeah, it'll, it, I think maybe a combination is the best way to say it. So, because I don't think when it was UDISC live and correct me if I'm wrong, but if somebody in their group was just keeping score, let's say on UDISC, um, that wasn't tied into the live broadcast, whereas there was a special scorekeeper. But you're saying it could be that group is the one that's actually projecting up to our live feed, like their actual input. Uh, by the player or caddy themselves? Yeah. Yeah, it could be that, yes. Okay, yeah, cool. I have a question real quick, sorry. You um, better be sorry, Ben. You're an intern for a long time. Now you think you're the man. Well, this is, this is <laughs> more kidding. of a lighthearted question, and I don't know if you can divulge, but what, what stat are you most excited to kind of bring to the world, if you're able to? Uh, no, certainly. Uh, so the distance of target one has me uh, most excited, um, but I'm really excited to uh, to dive in again, those specific, like, you know, five foot areas, say, like, who's the best, you know, 25 to 30 foot putter uh, and from a certain event or a certain tour, um, that'd be really cool. And in, in, in full disclosure, I mean, we were talking about it with Gannon Burr last fall. Um, and that was before I joined the PDGA before I knew, um, any specific details on this. Uh, but it was a dream that I had. Uh, so then now to see it, uh, in action is very, very cool. Uh, so yeah, I want to know if, uh, Gannon Burr is the best, uh, 35 to 40 foot putter, maybe 35 to 50. Like we can set whatever range, you know, the, if you're keeping track of distance, you can set whatever range and see who is the best putter in that area. Uh, and, and that has me really excited just to, to really get, uh, you know, incredibly detailed putting stats. Like it is interesting because everyone has to keep score. And I'm, I'm hearing that it's going to be optional for the tracking of like what happened on each throw, but we've talked about this seven and like, the opportunity is there, and now you're a part of this. It's really exciting. But, like, everything from obstructed putts, uh, putts to splash out right to, like, you know, front cage or whatever. Like, is that way too extreme, or is is the hope that one day we could get there? 
Uh, I mean, everything's on the horizon for the future, right? But uh, yeah, I wouldn't expect that uh, that level to chain out right. Um, three weeks, yeah, I, three weeks. <laughs> yeah, maybe my my hopeful dreams, like, oh, that'd be so cool. I'd love to see that. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't expect that yeah. uh, for so soon. Um, but it, I know Nick's not on the show, but one thing I do want to share just because I know it's something he uh, is very interested in. Um, but for, uh, again, for open majors and for disc golf pro tour elite events for 2024, um, playoffs will be, uh, be tracked, uh, on a whole by whole basis. So if a tournament does enter a playoff, um, then you can track, you know, if it goes multi holes, you can see how it's going uh, through each hole. And then again, with throw by throw stats. Um, so that'll be really fun to watch in a new edition. Um, and that's another thing that, you know, will hopefully, uh, or it's scheduled to make its way to all um, PDGA events at some point, but no uh, set timetable for that just yet. If the uh, TD allows, of course, uh, because you can have certain TD um, plans for how playoffs are determined, whether it's an actual scoring playoff or it's another means. Mm. Are um, we talking about playoffs? Anyway. I, I know that would be Nick's first question. He's like, when are playoffs coming? That's what he would ask first. It should so I be had to bring question. it up yeah. with him not on the show, working hard, um, whether he's listening to this uh, live or later. <laughs> uh, he'll learn about we'll it. We'll get a text message and it'll be like, you aren't working. <laughs> but no, but seriously, I think that I'm glad you brought that up. Playoffs have always been. Um, I'm just speaking transparently a bummer because you'd be like, you see an event event that you're like, did it finish? It says it's finished, but then you hear through the grapevine that there's a playoff. So like, yeah, that would be fantastic to have that improvement to the PDGA lot. Hey, can I ask, um, I, I want to go back as it's, I'm curious the throw by throw. So obviously I, you've made it clear, which is great. Uh, you know, majors and elite kind of a new scoring for those particular events. And, you know, one day that, you know, maybe rolled out more broadly, but, um, I, as a fan, am I going to be able to, pull up the web page and follow and see where they're what throw they're currently at like second throw from the fairway right putting for you know par from circle two like am i going to be able to see that it sounds like obviously if the stats are captured you'll have those stats but am i going to be able to follow that live do you, are you familiar do you know the answer to that yet yeah, I mean, uh, the plan is for a similar experience for the uh, disc golfer and disc golf fans uh, to engage in these events. So, uh, y yeah, you, you're, you should be expected to uh, be able to follow the cards and, and follow their throw-by-throw -throw status. Very cool. And by the way, like we just kind of jumped in because it's our nature, Evan, but I want to actually just say like we may have said this before, but this is really like – coming to bear so congrats because you're in like an exciting spot right you and your business partners in dion and i know lots of other people who have helped um did a lot of work to get here and then it was exciting when the pdga saw the value and been brought you in house and i don't know everything you knew or didn't know but now here you are coming to more like uh, fruition so congrats to you and uh also good luck because <laughs> i think like and i mean that positively just because there's so much not because i don't think you can do it there's just so much to do which is actually an exciting place to be um both from a hobby a sport and from a business venture having a lot to do is actually a good thing so congrats uh, it's exciting the job yeah, secure it, <laughs> uh it's certainly exciting as long as you don't uh, screw it up your job secure <laughs> yeah, right? until until we come venting about we can't get our stats but i say that tongue-in-cheek 
Yeah, kind of but no, I appreciate it. And uh, it's certainly, you know, exciting for, you know, the Statmando team joining uh, with the PDGA. But, you know, I'll also say like you know, PDGA already had a, a fan, uh, fantastic, you know, tech team. I've been uh, joining in and, you know, talking with the crew and and seeing all the things that are getting worked on. And so uh, it, it feels great to contribute to that and be a part of that team. But I'm like, wow, like, you know, it's not just like Statmando behind the scenes. It's, you know, an incredible uh, tech team, you know, some that have been there for a bit and some that are new uh, as well, just like the, you know, Statmando crew joining. And, and you mentioned Dion by name, but I also got to mention Hans by name. Yes, thank you. So, uh, yeah, Dion's the uh, the big thrower that people remember, and Hans is the one that's just hardcore working uh, working on the computer wherever he can. So uh, Dion he's, just he's not, barely outthrows uh, uh, Eliezer, probably. Like, just barely, right? <laughs> he, he might not even anymore. I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see it happen live. I hope if he's uh, listening right now, he's like, I'll get you, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, has Ellie Ezra? I'm not going to say that right. Has Ellie, she won the 2010 Ellie's Big D in the desert? Uh, I don't know, but Dion has uh, to hype up uh, my uh, kind of former business partner just because now we're both at the PDGA along with Hans. So I don't know how to word that. I think former is the, is the correct term. But coworker, I, thank you. That's a great way of saying yeah. it. Others may still have questions, but I just want to say I'm sure we're going to have lots of questions throughout the season, especially as the first event comes, both about like – how we're able to consume and see stats and the new scoring uh, system. So I'm sure we'll have those kinds of questions. But truthfully, I'm looking forward to the types of questions we're going to be able to ask you where you're going to be able to elaborate on different kinds of stats, different insights as this continues to evolve. So um, those questions probably can't even be answered yet because we got to see how the season unfolds. But like it's going to be um, very interesting Ooh. and exciting. Ooh, uh, a shout out to Westy Acres in the chat. They got me thinking. They mentioned PDGA Live only works for tournaments. Every other round people play that they want, they'll score with UDISC. Is there any plan or opportunity for PDGA scoring app to actually be a personal scoring app at some point? I mean, it seems like it'd be pretty easy. Uh, cue, I mean, <laughs> cue the Darth Vader music where Evan just kills all the other stat and you know scoring companies out there. <laughs> I, I'm just yeah, asking. My, I mean, it's an opportunity. Yeah. My my experience is just uh, with you know the the tournament side and working on this, so I, yeah. I don't have anything to say on that. And you know, big picture plans that would be for my bosses. So uh, okay. I am not I am not the boss. I'll of the reach PGA out to your live boss. app. So yes, <laughs> uh, you can send them a nicely worded email. That'll do, my friends. Yeah, no, we appreciate it. Obviously, as 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 friends and co-hosts on the show, uh, we could grill you in different ways. And obviously, it's an interesting <laughs> spot for you to be in. Uh, and we appreciate that. So thank you yeah. for sharing what you've shared. And, yeah, lot, well, I'm excited happen. to bring it to the world. And I'm also I'm so excited for uh, for all this, you know, just for the season to come for the pro tour season and get all this data and to be able to work with it and, you know, bring the world cool stats and bring, you know, the viewers on this show, all the cool stuff. So I'm excited to dive into it. Um, you know, we, we got a, you know, few more weeks to go, uh, lots to, uh, get going. Um, but I'm pretty excited. So the, sh uh, the show, like, so Nick scrambling to get up for the first event, Evan, you're scrambling to get the first event. Like, I'm not scram. I'm excited. Different yeah. ways. Yeah. Okay. Well, good. So, forty percent <laughs> of our show hosts are are like critical to pulling off like you know these first elite events. That's pretty pretty crazy. It is pretty cool. It just kind of I don't want to say happened, but we have the biggest disc golf expo guy. We've got Stat Mando PDGA guy. We've got Nick Carl, and then we just just Josh. Then the Graham brothers. Yeah, just the Graham brothers. <laughs> just I'm only the guy who started this whole show. I'll just put it that way. And then there's Josh. 
Yeah. Josh is I I've been very clear that I waited like four years <laughs> to make sure this thing was like stable and then I'm like, now I'll come talk to Skull. It's okay. You do you do cool stuff for your job. You're 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 a genius. So there, there you go. That's what you're an AI genius. And yeah, I was I was saying I was also the smallest. I wasn't saying Evan was small. <laughs> no. I'm not small. That's that's one thing. Um <laughs> few other topics we can bring up too. Uh, there's going to be more that comes up on this and people's questions and, and that's fine. And I hope people understand it is, Josh, you mentioned this. I just want to touch just a second longer. It's, it's an interesting thing. Evan kind of coming up through our show as like purely like we're all hobbyists here. Like Stat Mando was a business. It became a business, but like just in the very beginning, right? Like organically. And now like he's officially PDGA Stat Mando and so for us, it's a little unique because we're like, well, we want to ask the questions, but he's also our friend. And like, so we're doing our very best with that. And I honestly think that we asked a lot of good questions here and you gave us a lot of great feedback. So I do thank you for that Wait, as well. I have, a, this is kind of, the Nick and Matt shows like the minor leagues. It like, pr <laughs> it prompts you for the disc golf world. Like we have Evan going to PG, PDGA. Who's next? Step uh, on. I did well, the expo. And the show itself has gone to the majors to be called Stack. I was going to say, Nick and Matt show was the minor leagues. Now we're in <laughs> no, the No, sorry. Stats. I'm in minor leagues. Like, it, like I, I know. My, no, you man. know what I mean? It, it brings you. Ben, you're missing the, the point. It's the, farm it's the start the wrong of the show journey. Now. It's the farm league. And now Nick's doing huge things at Olympus. So, I mean, Evan, you Nick and, and I are on the same page. He's still so. missing it. But we can, we Evan can. and I are on the same page. <laughs> the viewers knew what happened, too. Yes. Guys, yes, okay, yeah, exactly. I'm sorry. Like, I don't know when you guys are kidding or not. So, I just have to make sure that, like, you know, I get it across because I just don't want to, like, uh, be that guy. We're having you're, fun. Like, getting this angry. is all perfect. Listen, what I love about this, not to get like too much small talk, but is I listened to the show for four years and like hearing the the fun, bickering, joking back and forth. Now I get to be part of it, Ben. It's fun. It is fun. It and is I hope fun. people enjoy a little bit of this back and forth. I mean, and, and quite frankly, I don't want to put Evan in a weird spot, but I'll have to elbow him sometimes like, ha, 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 I put you on the spot, didn't I? <laughs> but like, in all seriousness, people, I hope you enjoy the fact that we can have this candid conversations. Uh, but here's a fun topic. Chandler Kramer. And I bring him up. He's not the most well-known, but he's well-known, especially because of his pop-off performance at the European Open. Uh, was it two years ago? Three years ago? Yeah. yeah um, cool hair. Two, two years? Yeah. I don't know how time flies with COVID. <laughs> but <laughs> but he just announced uh, in a fun fashion, like, hey, you ready to hear who my manufacturer sponsor is? And then he just announced, I am open bag, no, no manufacturer sponsor. Um a dream of mine has been to see somebody perform extremely well without a manufacturer sponsor, um, to make it on the road without that. Now, I'm not saying this is the chance, but it is a chance. A uh, chance. It's, it's possible that he has that year because he's throwing all the plastic that he absolutely is just choosing to throw. Um, and somehow, some way, he's able to do it without this manufacturer sponsorship, whether it's money or entry fees. Uh, he does have some sponsors, but not the manufacturer. So what do you guys think of that? This isn't a long topic, but it is interesting at the very least. Any reactions from anybody? Nobody. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, so, no. I think we, 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 I think we all just wait to see who goes first. Go ahead, Josh. I, I'll go. Um, I think... It's, there's a couple things. First of all, sure, I would root for him because that would be an amazing story to 
be competing in the top tier of the pro tour and not have a manufacturer sponsor. So like, I want that to happen. That's great. I actually think it tells us a little bit more about where the disc golf sponsorship market is currently. Um, and maybe it's an honest uh, assessment. Well, I guess this is the question, right? It, we don't know if it is, but an honest assessment of where the manufacturers view the player's skill sets versus where the player sees their value. And you know, I often bring this to the business side of the discussion, but that's because that's what sponsorships are. Um, and I just think there's a lot more pressure in that middle and down tier um, of players than there ever has been. Well, maybe not ever, but in the last five years at least. Um, and, you know, at some point, somebody like Chandler Kramer has to just make a decision to be like, I'm sure he had offers. That's not even a question, right? He's a good enough player for that. But are the authors to what he, uh, the offers to what he perceives his value to be? And maybe he feels like, hey, if I calculate this out and perform exceptionally well, after a year without manufacturers, that then I get offers and I come out ahead. And that's the calculation. And of course, there could be lots more personal aspects to this for himself, um, just enjoying the freedom of being able to play with an open bag. But um, that's actually more what piques my interest. Of course, it'd be awesome to see him perform. Um, and by the way, it's intriguing to see which discs is he going to pick, right? Like what, what's he going to throw? What's he going to perform ones. with? Well, right. And that's that's also interesting as a fan to watch because everybody talks about how amazing their discs are, which they should and they probably mostly believe. But when they're sponsored, you can never quite know exactly what they really, really think about the discs. But in theory, an open bag sheds some light on that. So there's some pretty cool aspects here. Yeah. Any other thoughts? Well, what's cool about Chandler Kramer is like he has a unique style. So uh, lots of people can kind of gravitate to him as a fan of him uh, because he's forehand only or like extremely forehand dominant. I don't know if it's like 100% of the time he's throwing forehand, uh, but it, it might be over 99%. Uh, at least on drives. Uh, so that like resonates with some people who might be forehand only players and they root for him solely based on that fact. Uh, he also just, he has his own personality. You know, he doesn't feel like another just status quo disc golfer, which, um, you know, maybe there's a, a lot of those, maybe there's not, but like disc golf's a unique sport. Uh, but Chandler Kramer is certainly like unique in his own way. Uh, and so he can kind of gain more fans that way and stick out a little bit more so. Uh, so whether he's open bag or not, I think he does have those fans. Um, and he does kind of pull some weight uh, to manufacturers. So maybe halfway through the season, he picks up a deal or maybe he actually has some plans for when, when I say actually, that almost sounded like um, I dig at him. I did not mean it that way. Uh, he has plans up his sleeve um, for maybe doing a tour series disc. I'll put in quotes, whether it's called that or not, but like a disc with a, a manufacturer here or a retailer there. And it might be a, a, a couple with different options. I mean, we've seen some people do an open bag concept like that. Like I think Eric Oakley, although he's with infinite, he's with uh, thought space. He's with clash, I think as well. He's with a lot of different sponsors and has a little bit in all these different places. Um, and people didn't perceive that as a, um, as a down market type of uh, signal. Um, but with Chandler Kramer, the sentiment's been a little bit more that. But I think he's a marketable person who can do things like that and sell discs still. Uh, so I, I, I'm left a little bit curious uh, on what his plans are maybe. Um, but I don't see it as necessarily being a full-on bad thing for him. Yeah. In turn, Ben's got something for us too. Matt wants his jerky. Here you go, Matt. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Evan, you said retailer. I, I actually have a little insight on that just, just by on Instagram and stuff. So... Josh Hofstra, formerly who worked Pusha at Waha? 
worked at Lone Star Discs. He started up a new disc golf retailer called Dropship Disc Golf, and I believe that is Channing Kramer's main sponsor. So it's not a manufacturer, but he does have a retail sponsor with former Lone Star employee Josh Hofstra. So I think that's a little cool thing they got going on. Okay. Ooh, they both left Lone Star, so yeah, yeah. that's interesting. I uh, did check that out, and I tried to see what is Dropship. Now, this is not a free advertisement, but I couldn't find out too much. It's kind of like a community thing. It's, right now, it's probably just very in its inception. Yeah. I have a feeling beginning. it's one of these things like, I left Lone Star or I got removed from Lone Star, however that all happened for both of them. And I bet there's a little bit of mixture in both of that. Um but then like, okay, well, let's just start something and we don't quite know what it is yet, but we're going to develop it. That's kind of my perspective there. Maybe we'll have to have them on. Hey, so if you were open bag, but you wanted to be sponsored by a manufacturer, would you actually try to bias yourself to throw their discs to prove that you can throw their discs well so that when they pick you up, you're already rolling with their stuff? So that could also be interesting to watch. If you're If you're at the level of Chandler... I don't know if it's as big of a deal, but like definitely I'm thinking of players. I'm going to throw Casey White under the bus a little bit, but it's not even under the bus. But back before he was sponsored by Discmania, um, was always throwing a certain plastic because he was like, hey, I love your plastic. Like, come and sponsor me. I love your plastic. So like players do that for sure. But like, and I think it's smart. I don't know what he's going to do. If he picks Innova and Discraft, that'd be probably, you know, a good option if that's where he wants to go. Yeah, I would agree. That's a good take. Uh, moving over to news we brought up last week. Thanks to Evan Sleuthing, Jeremy Rusco officially purchased ECC, uh, Emporia Country Club. And now, uh, did you guys see what the name was? Don't say if you did. I mean, say if you did, but Can don't we say guess? I already read the whole newspaper. Okay, so I'll let Ben have two guesses at what the new name of this property is. The Emporia Empire. (laughs) Imagine that. Like, mouthful, Emporia Empire. Oh, oh, wait. Uh, Here's what it is. Here's actually what it is. Dynamic Discs course. (laughs) Greatest course of all time course. All right. Um, The Emporia Disc Golf Emporium. That's I, a good one. I like that. I'm with you, one. Josh. I like. Oh. I'm, there's got to be play on words with like something. I already emporium, know the answer. I already know the uh, answer. An emporia. Has, That's what I always. It's got to be of. a dynamic disc. It, no, it just should just be like emporium disc golf. <laughs> it would be like. In Peoria. Wait, no, that's Peoria. Right, Emporia, what's the answer? What's like, the, answer? Okay. the answer is Champions Landing. I like right. it. I actually yep. like it. It sounds really. I don't know. It has this weird nostalgia feel to it. Like it's a champion's place. Like that that's who has been crowned their world championships and others. And like, here we are champions landing. I don't know what the chat thinks, but you guys reacted positively, but he officially has done it. He talked to the community because it's going to be available in a lot of ways. I think they're turning it into like pickleball. Uh, Other sports are going to be available at this venue, including, I think they're keeping up the nine hole golf course as well while also upgrading and making the disc golf better experience as well. So, like, I'm sure a lot of money is put into this. But to me, I think it's a win for them altogether. I like yeah. I like oh. the comment. They called it Champland. I think I like that better. 
Nice. That's a that's a cool uh, that's a cool little shortened name right there. Um, I, one, I want to comment on the sleuthing comment you said, which was an announcement, <laughs> and it made its way around disc golf. And then I just was like, "Hey, did you guys see this?" I guess I was being lazy. Uh, nice detective work, Evan. Yeah. So if I was, I was actually surprised if I was the one to bring it to you because <laughs> you I just like. We were talking about topics, and I'm like, that was the thing that everyone was talking about. But awesome. hey, we talked about the show, so my slew thing <laughs> is helping out. But second, like, uh, I I got to met is Emporia is uh, Jeremy Rusco's uh, like is is that where he grew up, or is that just where he's been for a long time? But either way, I'm guessing it's what he considers his hometown. Yeah. Uh, and so, what's really cool about this is like he's just doing something great for his hometown. Uh, it seemed like, you know, they were trying to figure out investors or, or a buyer for the property. And, and who knows, maybe worst case is no one bought it and it turns into a abandoned golf course that just looks bad because it's just overgrown grass that died. Uh, and he, it looks bad in his hometown. So like that's worst case. I don't know if that was the, the way it was going to go uh, if he didn't come in and purchase it. Um, but he gets to purchase a property right in, right in this town. That's this, a nine hole disc golf course with a championship level disc golf course with certainly other sports coming on. He's, he's got this chance to be an awesome, like center part of his community, which dynamic discs just by being in Poria has already done that. Um, so it must be just really, really cool for him and just being proud of his hometown and getting just to like give it so much, uh, additional life. Like that's gotta be like, he's gotta be so proud. Like I, like I don't have any other words, but just like, that's cool for him, uh, to be happy with that. So I know people have all sorts of opinions on Emporia and those are all their own opinions, but I know Jeremy Rusco just without even ever speaking to him, I know that he's just really proud of Emporia and is happy to bring some awesome things to that town. Yeah. I think that's a good perspective. Uh, the fun part of our talk show is we do speculate and talk about, oh, what's everybody saying here and there? But like at the the root of it, the foundation of it, man, you just nailed it. Um, I think it's interesting that they've kind of self-proclaimed as the disc golf capital of the world. I've been there. Um, it does have a lot of disc golf. They do have billboards that talk about disc golf. Their businesses are a lot tied around disc golf. So like you can't say they aren't in the running. I'll be excited to see how this course, this private venue enhances that experience. I think it's a massive win. Um, the community, like I said, is really happy about I, it. I have, well. I have, I have, I have speculation. I'm going to, I'm going to give you some speculation. I think like Evan said, people will talk about, you know, they have their opinions. I think Jeremy is going to take it in his hands to make this uh supreme disc golf complex to make sure that the pro tour is going to stay here. He's going to maybe more parking lots, better amenities, stuff like that. And I think he's going to really spruce up the uh, entire amenities aspect and the course to make it a little more exciting. I think that's, that's my speculation. I would hope so. And it would be awesome to it, see. Yeah. I, I want to just like make a note on just the first amenity you added was more parking lots. Yep. Uh, which is just, it's, it's a funny kind of thing because th it's that is actually need, very yeah. true. Like disc golf courses generally need more parking first. I mean, when we had the, the live show at the Northeast disc golf expo, um, you know, yeah. that's what Jonathan, Jonathan pool was saying. He's like, you know, parking is like, that's the number one thing because they have so many spectators show up. So yep. even though that they're college campus with tons of parking, it just that comes up and it's just it's humorous to me to hear, although it makes perfect sense. <laughs> if you've ever run a big event, I'm sure that's I'm thinking a like a clubhouse with like a players only section. Well, like they have a clubhouse, a massage therapist on, <laughs> on, on the spot. There's a restaurant know. there. It's all make, yeah. it, make it a big deal. Make it bigger. Make it make it the supreme event for disc golf where everyone wants to come back because of how they're treated.
I, I don't know this for sure, but I'm sure there was some form of limitation on their use of that property, some sort, okay. because it was a private venue or a community, but either way, it wasn't theirs to do what they wanted you, when you they You mean wanted. they were limited before when, yes. when yes. they were doing DDO, and now they yeah. obviously and wouldn't so, have any property limitations. Maybe we need to try to get on Jeremy and just ask him about the course and just be like, is there going to be massive changes like to the course, the things that weren't available? I mean, the property, they're using it probably just about how they want, but maybe there was a few things where they're like, yeah, we couldn't do that. Like the island hole. Like, do they have any ability to like make it, I don't know, more epic? Can they build something on the island? I don't know. I'm just thinking like, what are these limitations that have now been removed? Maybe there's none, but. Should, should we, speaking of the island hole, what if the pro tour, this is kind of random, but what if the pro tour had a tournament where each hole was a gimmick? that'd be interesting where it's like hole one's island hole two is is double triple mandos hole three is another gimmick i don't know any others keep but. on going we need 16 more <laughs> then. Let's I don't three. Know what to say but i want you to finish this <laughs> you, you got an island hole and a double triple mando <laughs> triple mando well, and uh no you throw off the top of a mountain and you, uh, i don't know all right that's three <laughs> 15 more come I, on I, 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 hey I, hey it was just up for interpretation it's up to you guys he gets out too a little gimmicky course I, I, I'm more uh, of a fan of just 18 island holes, especially, I mean, uh, okay, people, like, I, I'm def, I'm here defending I mean, Emporia, yes. and I'm going to continue to do it, to, excuse me, to do it, is uh, people have all sorts of words to that course. Uh, we live near Maple Hill, and we always talk about how great Hole 8 at Maple Hill is. Like, there's definitely a debate as Hole 16 at Emporia Country Club, well, excuse me, at Hole 18, at Hole 16, wow, all over the place. At Champions Landing now, like, it might be the best island hole in disc golf. I mean, there's certainly the others that can be in the conversation as well, but that is a fantastic island. Um, it just looks beautiful. I mean, it's on a golf course, on a nice property, um, but it looks like it looks like it's there for disc golf, even though it might like not have intentionally been like a, a Island for disc golf, but it looks like it was built just for disc golf. Like you would see in the masters or something. And I think that's awesome. Yeah. The T pad, the whole thing. Yeah. So anyways, that wasn't meant to be a massive topic, but I think it was interesting <laughs> to hear. We kind of wondered if it was going to happen and then it did happen. And there you go. Um, really guys, it's a, it's an early show if we were to end and I kind of feel like we're there. I'm, I'll put it out to the chat as this last hurrah. Any, any other little topics that you guys might have? I'm not trying to carry this longer, but if you had something we the, missed. The off season's almost over, so. A week it's until exciting. All-Stars. Yeah. Well, like 10 days or whatever, somewhere in that range till All-Stars. That's, we're right. It's there. not, it's not exactly this next week and this next week in the big sporting event is the NFL Super Bowl, Right. But then after that, it's full steam ahead, disc golf season. And yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited for it there every year. There's something new, which makes it exciting. Meaning there's either new players that you're curious about how they're going to do, um, new courses, new sponsors, uh, business changes, right? Adaptations, coverage. So every year it's kind of like, let's get going purely as a fan. I'm intrigued, obviously on a show where we talk about disc golf, it becomes an incredible opportunity to talk about more things. Um, Evan, I've got, um, a stat that I would love to hear more about at some point, which I don't, I don't know how to track this down, but this time of the year, every year. So before the real season picks up in earnest, 
we start getting a little bit excited and start observing who's winning events, right? So you've been going down, like Parker Welks winning like, you know, multiple events or how's AB doing out in Arizona or like just these early season wins. And I'm just curious if we went back over enough years, is there any evidence in what I'm generically calling the preseason? Does it have any indication of what actually happens when the real season picks up? Um, I would just be really intrigued because we always talk about it because it's interesting. We're ready for disc golf, but I'm not sure I've thought about it enough or crunched any uh, historical analysis to say it actually means something. Like in other words, players who on prior years performed at you know a certain average and then in the preseason, they win several events. Do they do better? Or, or yeah. do we just get overly I- excited about the preseason? Well, I see the point you're going into. My argument would be uh, that it isn't a preseason, but I I agree. I use that term, but that I use the term kind of to provoke the point I was making. Yeah, (laughs) that might have been me seemingly being in disgust. I did not mean it that way, (laughs) Uh, but (laughs) I get that like people could see it that way, and you know, just whatever is you know an elite uh, or above uh, being the season. Um, but I think these these events are cool in their own right. I mean, like that's such a big part of disc golf is, you know, playing like, you know, for me playing a B tier is like the big thing, but uh, playing all the way up to an A tier, like that's the biggest event that many of us will play. You know, um, Ben, have you ever played in an elite or above, like at a, up at a major or an AM major? Um, I'm pretty sure the answer is no, right? And you, you but know, you've maybe yeah. played an A tier and that's like the big thing. So like that's what people uh, see as and it's their, might be their big local event like La Marada Open. Uh, we don't see a, a major or an elite event in the Southern California area. Uh, so having that be, you know, one of the bigger events and having, you know, a few pros come through, um, that can be a, a really cool thing that people like. But as far as how does it connect to the, uh, let's say, pro tour season, um, like is Parker Welk, who, who's won three events this during the winter in this quote off season, uh, is he now going to win, you know, three, uh, you know, elite events this year? Uh, well, I don't know about that. Maybe he does. But um, I think, you know, the odds of him doing that are not the highest. Uh, but maybe uh, what it might say is, does Parker Welk going to have a better season um, or not, um, like just is his finishes and overall going to be better? Is he getting, is he, because he's playing these off season events again in quotes and he's playing well, does that mean he's going to push from maybe being like a top 40 player to then a top 25 player? Is he going to make that jump? Uh, and that's really hard to follow for just like people keeping track. Like it's something where you have to really dive deep into see. Uh, but I, don't think what it'll do is tell you who's going to win or who's going to be on the most lead cards for the season uh, because those players are kind of ingrained in our sport and they're taking these months off and we're not really seeing many of them. So uh, it, it certainly is a fun a fun thing to dive into. Um, so I, it, that could be something we do. And this may be the first time in the history of this show, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm the only one right now as a host right now on the show who has played in an elite. And I didn't place last. Nick's not here, so I'm taking that card. Yeah, 2011, Vibram Open. Out of 160 competitors. Uh, Evan might know this off the top of his head, but what do you think I placed? We talked about it before. What do you think I placed, Josh? I do not know it. Out of 160 competitors. 111. MPO. 111. 154. Ooh, Josh wins. It was 141 out of 160. 
man. I was going to guess 137, but you didn't Ooh. call it me. So. Well, I, I figured uh, you just memorized these stats somehow. So Not about people like Matt Graham. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Sorry, you teed good. me up for that it's one. It's all good. You gave me a whole segment once on my rating, so there you go. Yep, that was fun. Uh, but, Josh, you mentioned the Super Bowl earlier. One, I feel like it's, as us Americans, it's our right to – uh, give our Super Bowl picks who we think are going to win the 49ers or the Chiefs but secondly what does it take to get Taylor Swift interested in disc golf and to show up like could you imagine her up. showing up to Worlds this year just being like oh yeah here's my press box with you know Travis Kelsey like we're just gonna <laughs> we're just gonna disc go golf. chill in Lynchburg Virginia for uh for you know the season uh, it wouldn't work not for the season that'd for the be weekend. insane it would be. It wouldn't work. That would Our be. Sport is not ready. For Here's the thing. Like I can see Travis getting into somehow. JJ Watt and him are boys. Travis gets into it. He starts playing. Well, it. Patrick Mahomes also rates it as like an oh, underrated true. sport. Yeah. There was you it go. Not? Remember that video? Burt Kreischer comes out of left he- field, and he's <laughs> so Travis is a huge fan of Burt Kreischer for some reason, and then he's like, "Hey, let's huck some discs," and then boom, they're at Worlds just like that. That's the six degrees of separation for disc golf. We could do that game sometime. We're like, who do we want to play? Can we find out somebody who knows them? I'm sure we could. That was fun. All right. I want Super Bowl picks, yeah, though. Even my, if you guys don't watch football, just Chiefs whether, or 49ers, let's hear yeah, it. Whether it's who you want to or who you think to, I think for me it's probably the both. There is a picture of me, probably five or six years old, wearing the full helmet, pads, like the full getup of the Kansas City Chiefs. That is my second team uh, behind the Patriots, and the Patriots aren't in it. I'm going for the Chiefs. I think they're going to win, and I would like them to. And, and, and call me crazy. Like, nobody wants them to win because they just keep winning, but there you go. That's who I think. Chiefs. Uh, do we do we have to do a score? Do we have to do a score? Uh, we can do whatever you want. I don't know. i just making this up on the spot. You can say your favorite Super Bowl entree or tradition. I don't know. Um, I'm going to say 27 to... What would it be? Uh, 27 to 17. Chiefs. All right. I'm going to be boring. Um, I actually have a lot of opinions, but I'm not going to share them because I'll offend too many people about who I like and don't like. <laughs> I have the same family heritage as Matt. No surprise. Oh, wow. I was born in Missouri. Oh, yeah. But you were so born there. I was born there. Oh, so there's I a mean. lot of reasons and you roots weren't? to root for Kansas City. Yeah, I was born in Missouri. Lived here, Lived in New England most of my life. Um, but so for that reason, probably mostly for rooting interests, I'm going to also pick Kansas City, 35-27. Uh, I guess I'll go. I'm going to – so Brock Purdy was not a fantasy quarterback uh, towards the end of the year. I was actually in the championship game, and he put up three points. I needed 10, and he made me lose, so that actually hurt. <laughs> <laughs> that actually hurt. So he, yeah, you needed he, 10 points from your quarterback, and he puts up three. That hurts. Yep, yeah. I, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I think he's Mr. Irrelevant. Like, he was the last draft pick in whatever class he was. Like, what a story to be the la- last draft pick and win the Super Bowl. So I'm going to go 49ers. I hope they win. All right. I actually I'm rooting for the 49ers, but my pick is the Chiefs. It's kind of that that uh, you pick the team you don't win, so it's you're happy either way. Yeah, you know, yeah, either right, the, right. the team I'd rather win wins or the team that I pick wins. Uh, but yeah, I don't want to see the Chiefs win another one. But uh, it just oh no. Let's play this music next week when the Chiefs ultimately win and the 49ers blow it in the fourth. Yeah, and, and then if the Chiefs win, then awesome Mahomes or awesome Mahomes. <laughs> 
Austin. Patrick Mahomes is the GOAT over Brady. It's simple. Yeah, certainly. Uh, it's that There's easy. There's so many so reasons. This takes is why five years. <laughs> I just wanted to trigger you guys. I'm sorry. But I'm I just like, no. The, the, oh, anyway. <laughs> Josh is so bad. I'm done. But I've the thing said, is, like, like the 49ers. I'm for the Chiefs for family interests, but I can't stand their team. So there. <laughs> Uh, the 49ers are a classic, you know, you know, big time NFL franchise that, you know, maybe had a few down years and, you know, made the Super Bowl with Garoppolo and against the Chiefs uh, in 2020 didn't turn out well for them. Uh, but they're also a team that like, you know, if they win this Super Bowl, they, they could come back for the next few and, and stick around and be a little dynasty as well. And then we're rooting know, against crazy. them when, you know, ultimately whatever next team starts, uh, starts, uh, at being the end of the day, right. Team. For those, none of us sound like we're hardcore fans of either of these teams. I mean, we have reasons to root and pick them, but like, how about let's just root for a really good, exciting game? Because good, exciting Super Bowl games with that much on the line can be pretty epic. So that's what I really hope for. I'm rooting for a lot of picks. Like, I just want to see <laughs> Mahomes throw like three or four, and then Purdy just like gets nervous and tosses a few up. I don't even the know. The nerves, like, that's a big thing to consider. That. Ugh, that'd be fun. I like. I wouldn't mind like a three nil game. I, I'm a soccer fan here. No. Oh my goodness, uh, three zero game. Uh, if it was just a bunch of interceptions, like I don't know that that, that would get me excited. I can see where you're coming from, and maybe if yes, if it was like just back and forth picks, it'd just be unreal, right? Like yeah, okay. But yeah, it, it, it's got to be interceptions yeah. and turnovers. Yeah. Like, I mean, we can go back to the Patriots over the Rams, which were really boring <laughs> oh, some people yeah. here. Sorry for making this go on too yeah. long, but that was that game. Although Patriots fans, we certainly enjoyed it, but it was uh, it was a lot of like punting and just like three and outs, and you know that's not the thing people like, even if it's low scoring. We want Bring three, three and twenty eights against the Falcons. That's what we like. <laughs> yes, yeah, certainly. Yeah, if the Chiefs go up twenty eight to three and then lose, like that would be. F- I mean, it would. It would be not as fun because the 49ers would have some of the Patriots also have and got to, you know, protect that brand. Uh, but it certainly would be fun. So, and I don't mean to offend all of our, our Kansas City people. You have fantastic barbecue just rooting against your football team. Don't worry. See, each of us can Kate, catter, uh, catter, Katie, catter, cater, cater. Thank you. What am I saying? Catter, pillar. We can cater to a different audience. Uh, that was a fun throwback in my head. Remember, this Ben goes way back, and we're off topic now altogether. We're wrapping up the show. Good, Do you remember that one person that came up on screen, or it was a chat, and it was J E R M I A or something? No, Jeremy. I know. Yeah, and I was like, <laughs> I was like, dude, we got a chat guy. He's like Jeremia, and I'm like Jeremia. And I'm like, Jeremiah. And everyone's like, dude, it's Jeremiah. And I'm like, okay. So anyways, it happens. I stutter and I mess up. But we all do. The show is not perfection. None of us think that we're perfect. And it's cool. I'm enjoying every moment of this. This is incredible that it's our fifth year. Yeah, we're going to be doing this for the next 20 years. (laughs) Dude, I don't usually bring up like comments that are like negative on our show but this one i feel like just kind of deserves a little bit of like a thank you and like a tip of the hat i don't know if they meant it negative but they they're like wow i haven't been here for four years like they came in the chat they're like you guys are like incredibly like incredible like what is it determination 
like good for you and i'm like i don't know if that's like good or not we don't give up yeah like you guys do not give up he goes like i'll give you another try and then like the next episode releases like yep goodbye <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like four years you come oh, back and you're no. like determination another four <laughs> like, years just hey, like come back I'll in another back. four yes. years uh, i'll be all. back give so, us another chance we're not for everybody and the best part about that is like we appreciate that because I don't listen to every podcast. I don't watch every TV show. In fact, some rub me the wrong way. It is what it is. I just found that one as much as it was probably meant. Maybe it was just genuine. It cracked me up. So thank you for that. Uh, and I don't usually look at the comments. So there you go. Um, I think we've made it to the end. One last shout out to Disc Golf 978. I would talk about them permeating our whole show. Uh, but... I don't think it would give it the same value that actually is when I take a moment to focus on it. Nine, seven, eight, check them out specifically. Look, I mean, you can go get discs. You want the lowest rock bottom prices that are allowed free shipping over $25, but specifically reach out to Scott at nine, seven, eight, or just reach out, contact nine, seven, eight through disc golf, nine, seven, eight.com. Get your player packs, get your payouts through them. I'm whether they paid me or not, I literally love their program and I know you will too and everyone around you. So reach out to them. It is the easiest thing for a TD to do that will improve the experience of their players, specifically the AMs in this case and allow you to have a little bit more money maybe to put towards pros. So there you go. <clears throat> All right, guys, Nick wasn't here tonight. That's probably why we're finishing five minutes early. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but uh, I'm going to throw this music up that he always asked for. Oh, Josh, you're muted, man. Sorry, we tease him about working hard, but um, I imagine he literally is working hard with an event on his doorstep. So good luck, Nick. Yeah, it's a scary time. So good luck, Nick. Absolutely. We say good luck, Nick. Nick says tell someone you love them this week. Uh, we are Staggered Stance, formerly the Nick and Matt show. Last week, Ben gave us the outro, old school style Nick and Matt. We'll have to come up with a... I like the throwback. A Staggered Stance. <laughs> I don't know, but Ben, you're awesome. Josh, you're awesome. Evan? Until next time, everybody, peace out.